Welcome to another episode of In Her Purpose Show, a platform where we feature female game changers who have paved the way on succeeding their goals and continue to inspire at the same time. I am your host, Mafe Yunon Velasco, and this show is so close to my heart because every week I'm able to learn and grow with two amazing women who are the founders and also authors of In Her Purpose book and company. So honored to introduce the beautiful ladies. So first off, let me welcome Jen Redondo Marquez, who is a game changer herself, working in the tech world and serving as a mentor for Collective Hustle and Filipino Americans in Silicon Valley tech. Hello, Jen. And of course, Rose Buado, mother of two, businesswoman, mentor to young women entrepreneurs, inspirational speaker, and the manager of the Philharmonic. Hi, Rose. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so today we have uh, another special guest. And I'm also um, honored to introduce um, the beautiful and amazing Vina Lustado. And ladies, I know that you're excited to um, catch up with her and, and you know introduce her to the world. But first off, let me just give a brief um, intro on what Vina has been doing. Um, it's, it's a very informative, detailed intro right here, and I do not want to miss, miss a, uh, a beat. So again, Vina Lustado is the founder owner of Soul House Design and a design firm based in OJ, California. Did I say that right, ladies? Oh, hi. <laughs> With a professional degree and more than 20 years in high-end corporate architecture, Vina decided to focus her career on a smaller scale projects and that could make positive difference. Uh, I love her already. Okay, so she stays true to her core values. Uh, she has completed the design and construction of her tiny house in 2013, equipped with simple luxuries as a loft, skylight, and cozy fireplace. Vina also manifests her dream home in 140 square feet. Wow. Vina's tiny house home has been featured in media publications, books, and national television, and of course now in, in her proper show. Um, also, Vina is a proud recipient of the FWN Global 100 most influential Filipina women. Wow, that's amazing. And she has also been featured at Yale University on social entrepreneurship. And 2017, Vina was chosen as an innovative entrepreneur by Social Venture Circle. So without further ado, let's welcome this amazing woman. Hello, Vina. Welcome to In Her Show. Hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you so Hello. much for having me. I'm so privileged. Hi. We are happy for you to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> With so many achievements, I'm sure there's still more developing, um, inspiring projects that you have upcoming. But I know Jen would like to ask you first and foremost to um, a few questions of, of, of a little bit of your background. So go ahead, Jen. Yes. Yeah, so let's start. Can you please share a little bit about your background? What um, what was your motivation for starting Soul House Design? And what was the moment where you decided, I have to start this? <laughs> um, so first, really, thank you for having me on the show and for having me be part of the book. It's just a real pleasure and privilege to be in company with so many amazing women. So um, to answer your question, I. I think I would sort of have to start with my, um, when I was born in the Philippines, I was uh, seven when I moved, but to the United States, I um, had immigrated to Los Angeles, but I had a very modest childhood, just like many Filipino women um, living in the Philippines uh, with nine brothers and sisters. There's five boys and five girls. <laughs> So that was a really fun adventure. Um, and one thing that really struck with me when I was, um, you know, living in the Philippines as a little girl, I don't remember too much from being there. The, the most vivid memory that I had was when I was playing in the Linang, you know, the kind of like real um, 
suburban area that's really primitive in the jungle. And my family would go out on a donkey, bringing all the food, like barefooted, walking all the way across. And we would just spend the whole day there, like cooking food on an open fire by the creek. Um, and it was just a really simple life. And for some reason, that was like the only thing that stuck in my memory from my childhood. Because when I came to United States, that was really the only thing I remembered. So um, that meant a lot to me. Um, so, you know, throughout my school in um, elementary school and later on in college, I got an architecture degree from USC and I felt like I really needed to travel to see the places that I learned in architecture school. So I went to Europe for about three months on my own. I was like 26 years old and I had never been anywhere, you know, in Europe or really outside of uh, California. Oh, wow. And, and my parents were freaking out. My sister was freaking out because, you know, I didn't know anyone there. I was backpacking. I went on my own for three months and they were just really scared for me. The thing that my sister really feared was what if I got sick and I had no insurance because <laughs> oh. I I just graduated from USC and you know I didn't have any insurance after graduating from college from university so it was just one of those callings that I felt I needed to follow in fact it took me about one one or two years to save up my money to do that but um it basically changed my life um, because I think when you have all these societal pressures from your family, your parents and um, other people who are achieving all these other things, um, I don't know, there's something in your heart that won't go away that keeps yeah. telling you to do something. And that was it, even though it didn't make any sense um, because it was during the recession. It was like 2000. No, much earlier, 91, 1991. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was it was really nerve wracking and three months of just like discovering myself. And then when I came back, um, it was still the recession and I started working in other architecture firms. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I, I climbed the corporate ladder for many years after that for like, and 15 years working in commercial office interiors, doing a lot of high-end corporate work. Um, kind of a long trajectory. <laughs> but basically I traveled around a lot. I moved from Los Angeles to Chicago, to San Francisco, um, and always lived really simply because I didn't want to buy a house. I didn't want you know, a mortgage, I didn't want big stuff. So mm -hmm. I was so used to living like in tiny guest houses or apartments. And mm -hmm. I never had stuff like a big car because I moved so much, mm -hmm. you know, from one job to another, not just from different cities. So that was my, my life. I always traveled and lived really simply. So when my friends were getting condos and getting married and buying you know, all these stuff like houses and, and nice cars. Um, I always felt really different, like yeah. I was along. Um, so another recession hit like 2008 um, yeah. and I was already climbing the corporate ladder more and more, but it, it was always not satisfactory because architecture really um, caters to very, um, high-end clientele in order to afford their services. So mm -hmm. um, I remember I was in San Francisco living at the time and I was working in big commercial high-end projects doing the dot-com like mm -hmm. satellite offices that were um, um, huge companies. And it wasn't really satisfying because they were just really big projects and I wanted to do smaller residential projects. So I transferred to another company, um, not in San Francisco, but in the Oakland area. And uh, I had done uh, residential work for this company and it was a huge like 
14 million dollar house <laughs> um, it was one house that was like a 14 million i was there for four years just doing that one house and even before i came on the project had already started and then when i left four years later it still continued um and so it was this just <laughs> i know damn 14 million dollar house for it was not even a ground up construction. It was a remodel. It was in Tiburon, you know, like yeah. North of Angel, you know, Steffi Groff and all those people, celebrities lived there. Um, but it was just crazy because I would be designed, like the design opportunity was amazing, but we would, you know, she would fly me to Milan and to Germany and Switzerland just to look at furniture um, that were to be custom made. And then, I would come back from there and they decided, no, actually, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we, it was completely a waste. And then we'd go back another time and um, design a whole new furniture line um, from a, a custom fabricator from Milan who did everything completely to her um, specific, you know, interest or, or design. And even that was still, not exactly the way she wanted it. So everything was so wasteful. Um, and I would just, you know, she, I would go on trips with her um, business class. And I mean, I could tell you crazy stories. <laughs> you, you wind up being kind of their slave, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, they pay a lot of money. And so they consider you like their pet or their, you know, they own you. And yeah. I remember, I was in Yosemite um, with my then boyfriend from Germany and we were on vacation. He came here, he was living in Germany. He came here and I get a call from my boss saying um, he couldn't go with my client to Europe because he wasn't able to, so I had to go. And I said, my boyfriend from Germany is here. It would be wow. silly for me to leave him and then go to Europe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but that's what I did. You oh, did it. I, I have to do it. The next morning, a limo came, picked me up, and I have to leave my boyfriend. He's here visiting from Europe, and I have to go over to Europe. And oh my gosh. How long was he staying with you or like staying to visit? Well, he was a PhD candidate, so he would say that he had to come, you know, study, do his PhD research for like one or two months okay. so it was long but still he was here for several weeks and then i i came back after he had been here so just really crazy things and that kind of just broke it for me i decided i needed to quit um to do something really meaningful okay. so i decided to um do this fellowship it was an international fellowship to Germany actually to research sustainable and affordable housing. Um, so I did that for three months. I quit the job um, and that also changed my life because I really learned what sustainability is about. It's not about marketing. It's not about, you know, it, it's really part of the way you live. It's not a, after the fact, you know, you buy a light bulb that's energy efficient. It's, it's, it's the transportation that you take, the food that you eat, everything's recycled. I mean, it's just all embedded in the lifestyle. Um, so I got to know a lot of the people who lived there because I was living there for three months. And so when I came back, um, I decided to just dedicate my practice and sustainability. So, um, I started working for this firm in Ventura. Um, and then, you know, I was there for the longest time, like seven years, because usually I would be disillusioned with the corporate office. Like I would be there for, I think, I don't know, three or four years at the most, mm -hmm. uh, because I felt like it wasn't really fulfilling my. Right my cup, <laughs> I felt I was selling myself. So this company was really small. It was just a one man firm and he did residential for very modest people who didn't have a lot of money. Um, and so that was really interesting for me because it's more um, thinking of people who have 
normal, you know, they're not super rich. They're just normal people who have kids. And so that was really good. I was there for seven years, which is the longest I had been. Um, but still, I felt like we weren't taking sustainability to the level we could have. Um, and so like everything in my life, if I felt like there was something not being fulfilled, I would just travel, take mm -hmm. off for a few months and travel. So that was in 2008. Um, and I told him I just wanted to take a sabbatical and come back. And that was during the reception. Um, when I came back, like 2008, 2009, the majority of my projects, which were fairly large, were um, canceled. Yeah. Um, so I got laid off. And that was kind of the start of it because I was just feeling like I can't put myself in somebody else's hands to yeah. depend on my own, um, you know, sense of stability financially because yeah. the architecture profession is so um, vulnerable to the recession. Like they will lay you off regardless of how long you've been there at the company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I started taking um, women's uh, uh, business classes for like three months. I decided I needed to do that, like try to figure out how I can have my own practice, which completely scared the heck out of me. Because <laughs> no one, I mean, in my family, no one, no one did that. You know, like everyone, everyone's in the medical degree yeah. or um, military, like, my parents thought for sure I would be a nurse or a doctor. And, and <laughs> so, um, so I was working for a contractor for a while and I was doing the night classes to do the women's business course for three months. And then I decided I needed to launch it three months after nice. I graduated. Um, and that was kind of the start because I needed to, the, you know, there, I, I didn't really have any other position. Yeah. Um, and that was 2010. And was this for, was this for Soul House Designer? Or for, was this for the tiny house idea already? So 2010 is when Soul House Design started. The tiny okay. house totally was after. It was never even a business decision. It was a personal decision. So I started my business 2010. And the intention with that was not to cater to the, the you know, rich clientele to give big McMansion designs for their mm -hmm. houses. It was always, how can I come up with affordable prices to um, give quality designs for housing? Mm -hmm. um, so I, back then, 2010, when I started my business, I came up with this idea of a prototype for mm -hmm. a guest house, which was about 600 square feet um, and it would be modular, it would be prefabricated because that's what I learned in Germany. The way they achieved affordability and sustainability was through prefabricated pre systems. You know, things that you do over and over again, but in a very high quality system. So I was trying to adapt those ideas here, but um, you know, that was way before the tiny house thing. Um, so for our, our, our viewers who don't know what a tiny house is, can you explain what a tiny house is? So technically, yes. a tiny house is any dwelling structure that's less than 400 square feet. That's, that's the technical definition. Okay. So it doesn't have to be on wheels. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, like, like what you typically see like on those television shows. Um, I think mm -hmm. most people think it's probably on wheels, like on a trailer. Like yeah. my house is on a trailer and it's about 140 square feet. Um, but since it's gotten more popular, mm -hmm. the building code industry needed to create a definition for it. So it's technically any structure that's a dwelling that's less than 400 square feet. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, and just so that we can have a visual for our um, for our viewers. Uh, 400 square feet is like the size of a living room or a kitchen. So if you consider your garage. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's my tiny house. Um, so 
400 square feet is like a two car garage. So it's like 20 feet by 20 feet. So a typical garage is for two cars. So that's the size of 400 square feet. My house is about a third of that. So you see there on the screen, it's the front porch and yeah. that's about 20 feet long. And the width is about eight and a half feet wide. So you imagine a parking space, you know, for mm -hmm. a car that would fit in a parking space. Yeah. And so essentially the living space is on the lower level, which is, you know, the bathroom, the kitchen, the great room. <laughs> um, and then upstairs is a loft with my bed. And that's why I'm able to achieve all the, all the functions of a house in that small of a space because I have a loft. I love um, that's 140 <laughs> compared to 400. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Um, there's so many things that are coming out now where it comes, you know, with like tiny houses and sustainability, um, like on Netflix or on, <laughs> right? I don't know if you've seen those, those yeah. but yeah, like it's it's a big thing right now. What was the documentary? It was like minimalism, minimalist or something yeah. like that. Minimalism. Yeah. 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 These two guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Vina, can you tell us a little bit more? So let's let's take it all the way back and tell me how you and tell us how you ended up going down the architecture world, or like why did you decide that and not the medical field and not the you know accounting or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, um, I think I in high school I always took the math and science courses like we all do because we want to please our parents, and so. I just felt I was tired of that and I just wanted to do something more creative. So I took art and that was a little too subjective. Like, how do you know what's good art versus bad art? Because it wasn't clear to me. So somebody said who was going to architecture school at the time um, told me, cause I told them my dilemma, like art, I don't understand what art is. I was pretty immature, I was like 18. And so he said, oh, you should try architecture because it's both, you know, it has, has to be functional. And yeah. I didn't know anything about it. My school, UCLA at the time, had no architecture school in undergrad. Um, and I wanted to go to an accredited school that offered, um, you know, either a bachelor's of architecture or a master's of architecture. So he said USC had it. Um, because back then the other schools like SciArc didn't have an accredited degree. So I had no, you know, I was barely getting by at UCLA. I didn't, everything was on financial aid and I worked like a crazy dog um, just trying to get by. So to go to yeah. USC with all the expenses of, you know, mm -hmm. in architecture with all the private school. The private school, I think it was at the time I calculated, I needed to get like two Jaguars by the time I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> that calculated the, you know, my debt. And so, um, you know, UCLA was pretty easy because, I mean, in terms of the financial need, because it's yeah. a university state school, whereas a private school like USC. Mm -hmm. So I worked like crazy the first few. I mean, I worked like crazy throughout. Mm -hmm. But um, I just, you, you know, I remember thinking, you know, as an art major, it wasn't exactly what I felt like I should do. But I, I remembered in my mind thinking, I want to do something useful, um, like purposeful. And it's yeah. funny that book is called in it. Like that never even occurred. I just wanted to, to make a difference and didn't have to be big or, um, and when I thought of architecture, I never wanted to be famous. I never even thought I could design. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was a way for me to make an impact. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think that's a, a great transition to my next question. Um, what do you believe your, per what do you believe is your purpose? And what does living in your purpose look like to you? Um, I think it's important for other people to know that it's not a light bulb. It wasn't a light bulb for me. Like when I was going to architecture, well, when I was doing architecture, like doing the corporate ladder and I was traveling a lot, I thought because of the recession, like architecture is 
maybe not for me because I wasn't really into the, you know, fame or whatever architecture was. Um, but um, shoot, <laughs> I was on the train with that. Um, what was the question again? <laughs> this one's a deep, deep, deep question. So what do you believe is your purpose? Oh, my purpose. look like? I thought maybe I can go into travel. Maybe I could be a travel agent because it affects me so much. And I can show people how, you know, to explore the world. And I don't know, for some reason, that just felt like it was a cop out. I don't know. <laughs> So like, I did this thing, I spent all this time, it was like killing me, you know, in architecture school, like do something with it. So I just continued on and, um, and you know, the thing with, the, with my business, I always wanted it to be for like the masses, not for rich people, but for the masses. And I tried to do the prototype of the guest house, but interestingly, when I did the tiny house, it wasn't even for the business. It was for me after three years of being in my business and not really doing projects that really meant a lot to me, having it be affordable and sustainable. I wanted to do something that I, I could do that fulfilled those, those things. And so I thought and thought for years, like how can I buy something that I could afford without a mortgage that I can, you know, create that was sustainable. Because back then, if you're doing something green, it was super expensive. Like you have to have all these solar panels and grow out on all these expensive materials. And in the meantime, you were cutting down all these forests because you're putting this big mansion that was off the grid. <laughs> so it was kind mm -hmm. of, it didn't make sense to me. So I knew there was a way to do it, but I just didn't know because I didn't want to go into debt. So my, friend from um, Germany, the colleague that I worked with for the fellowship, he, he, he and I, you know, kept in touch for, uh, uh, we still do. Um, he said, have you heard about the tiny house? And this was 2012, like almost 10 years ago, way before I think anyone really knew. And he's in Germany. So he said, have you heard about the tiny house? I said, no. Or I saw images of Jay Schaefer. You know, it's like the gingerbread house and super small. And I thought it was too cutesy. No, I'm not interested in that. But then I read about it, like what it's all about, that you can build it yourself. Um, you don't have to get a permit. You can design it yourself. And it's all about sustainability. And I'm like, oh my God, that's me. I could totally do that. And it doesn't have to be that design. It could be my design. So as soon as I read it and I thought, this is it, this is for me. But the question was, how could I build it? Because I had never really built anything. Um, and so at that time, my then boyfriend, we weren't married yet, but he, um, he, he knows a lot about construction. And I had all this in my head going, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to build. I had researched it all, but I didn't know how to build. So we were going to go on a camping trip. And I remember we were driving down and I had all this in my head. And I'm like, Cliff, would you be interested in helping me build this tiny house? And I told him about it. And he's like, sure. And he's not into the tiny house thing, but it was more about helping me build something. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to do this. <laughs> And oh, I thought, wow. Where did you get Amazing. these photos? <laughs> we have a great research team. <laughs> you guys are amazing. So, yeah, from that, I bought the trailer. It was like, I think, spring 2012. As soon as he said yes, I bought the trailer and then I signed up for a course to um, understand more. You know, they did a workshop. I stayed in a tiny house in Oregon or Washington about composting toilets because I wanted to test how composting toilet really worked. Does it smell? <laughs> so, I, love, I love that. Like when you're in it, you are in it. You you want to research it. You oh, go to school about it. You educate yourself as opposed to just jumping in. And no, you you would do that too. I mean, yeah. you know, because 
Yeah, you're in a rabbit hole. Anyone who starts researching tiny houses, you're in a rabbit and you it's hard to get out because it's <laughs> so much, so much stuff. But it was it was awesome because it was like the angels came and yeah. this is what you are. And it was it was a personal thing. It would have nothing to do with my business. It was something I just wanted to, yeah. you know, build for myself. And I remember the German architect while I was building it, like three or four months into it, because it took a year. He said, Vina, you know, this is going to be something that people will look at, like as a reflection of your business. I'm like. Oh, Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> People are going to see this and it's going to be, you know, like saying something about me. And I never thought of that before. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I love that, like, your purpose is not just to build houses, it's to actually build it for people that, um, that mean a lot to you or that mean a lot to anybody. Like, it's, it's, it's for, it's for people, not for like the people that already have the money. Yeah. And things, you know, it's for people like us, like just normal people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, coming from the Philippines, it, you know, it stays with us, like seeing how poor people are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. is, I don't know, the American dream is something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell me, so as a leader, what are the three pieces of wisdom you can give to young uh, young women who want to follow their dreams and their purpose? Um, so I guess number one is gratitude. Um, there's a lot of hard things, you, you know, you go through as an entrepreneur, but if you can just think of all the simple things, you know, that you're alive and you have your parents and you have a place to live and you have food, like living in my tiny house when I first built it, it really helped me because I just was so happy <laughs> living in the tiny house and just having gratitude for simple things. Um, and then maybe the second one is really being patient because it's taken me so long because I'm actually 50 something. And it, I, I didn't discover the tiny house or anything until, you know, like what, 40, late 40s. And I remember my 20s and 30s feeling really lost, not knowing, you know, what what am I supposed to do? I always felt like I was different. Like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just have a house, normal house, get married, have kids? You know, like, I never, yeah. it just depended on so. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because there's a lot of women out there that feel the same way. And I mean, with finding your purpose, it doesn't come like at a certain age. It comes, you know, it can come when you're older. It can come when you're younger. Um, but but the whole the whole idea is to actually find it. So I'm so glad that you are living in it. You are you know doing what you love and you're making an impact to the world. Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean like the rest of you ladies. You know, <laughs> you're modeling it too. You're living it right now with the book and you know, wanting to um, show the light for other Filipino women or Asian women. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So I think you, you said three, uh, two, was it? It's oh, grad okay. So gratitude <laughs> and patience. And I guess um, listening to your voice, it's um, that little voice and it doesn't make sense a lot of the times. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> a great picture. Um, so yeah, just it's 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 sometimes easy to not not hear because so many other things are wanting your attention. Like how are you gonna pay the bills and how are you going to support your family and all of that stuff, but it's going to keep yearning until you listen to it. And so I think that's a real important guidepost. Um, and it takes a really long time, <laughs> like for me to, to really find it. Yeah. Well, you look like you're in your twenties. So, but of course. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Look, when you glow, you glow when you know your purpose, right? And no matter how long it takes, now that you've shared what you are, you know, inspired by, I know 
a lot of our viewers are also uh, motivated now to to listen to that voice you know believing mm -hmm. in yourself and um like you said also being patient but it does come i mean look you have amazing vina jen and rose here to um give you that extra push and i'm also here too but vina amazing um can you share with everybody tuned in where we can find your work perhaps yeah uh so my website is soul house design which is what um, you see on the screen, it's an unusual spelling because it combines three different languages, German, Spanish, and English, obviously. So it's soulhousedesign.com. And Facebook is also soulhousedesign. Um, and on Instagram, which I really don't use that often, I know I should, <laughs> um, it's also soulhousedesign on my Instagram feed. So... And yeah, you can sign up for my newsletter. That's how I'm most active is on my newsletter. Because I know social media is, there's so much asking for our attention, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. And guys, so there you have it. You can uh, follow Vina, and I'm sure now uh, she is more than happy to answer any other questions, but exciting as usual at the end guys we have a trivia especially for the ones in north america on kumu so remember to follow vina rose and jen and also would it be jen or rose you have your trivia question question ready oh will it be vina vina can can, can, <laughs> can have a trivia question yeah, so Vina, um, we asked our Kumu viewers to uh, join in a little, you know, fun a fun game at the end where they have a chance to win an Inner Purpose book, a copy of the book. So if you have a trivia question, it could be multiple choice so that everybody can be part of it. Um, do you have one ready? <laughs> it could be anything. One up. <laughs> so. Um, a trivia. So it could be a trivia question about the book. Yeah. Anything. Anything. Um, okay. Wow. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, Type the question there. How? Okay. So be ready. Be ready, Kumu. What are the different um, ethnic ethnicities that were featured in the book? From you know, obviously they're Asian women, but what are the different mm -hmm. ethnicities within the Asian um, are featured in the book? Because there's a few. It's not just Filipinos. There's a few. The majority others. of them are, but mm -hmm. there are there's a couple of other. Yeah, is that too weird of a question? <laughs> I know people are going to be guessing. Are we, like, are we gonna be, can it be multiple choice? <laughs> so that if it, yeah, let's do multiple the choice. ones that okay. Are yeah, okay, but they're going to be putting every Asian country otherwise. <laughs> okay, uh, is Thailand included? One is Thailand, another one is well, one was China. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's do those two. <laughs> okay. Is that the second meaning Is are one of the women from Thailand or one of the women from China? Does that make any sense? Okay. I do yeah. Both. <laughs> yeah. So we have typed in also. <laughs> what are the different ethnicities that we featured in in her purpose, or what Jenna Rose has featured? So the choices are. Um, is there a woman from Thailand or China? So the first person who has followed Vina, Rose, and Jen and has answered the right question will have a chance um, to have a copy of In Her Purpose book. So let's go, Kumu. <laughs> and thank you again. Here in the Philippines. Um, we appreciate your support and I hope that you were inspired with what Vina has shared with you uh, today. Because wow, I, I'm I love um, simple and you know when you have um, a beautiful space, I know that that's when the true happiness glows, and we see it through you, Vina. Mm -hmm. You know, just seeing your beautiful home 
of course, maybe for my husband and I, when we um, are, it's just the two of us, we would love for you to design, but with a high ceilings. They are the, they're the biggest Filipino people I've ever met in my life. Really? That's so my husband's six, so he's got a fit tall? He's six feet But tall? I do love. No, he's taller than six feet. He's like six, six. six, six. Yes. He's Filipino? Yeah. Are you? Know? Yes, he's Filipino. Um, I know he yeah, has Hawaiian and Spanish blood also. But yes, he's Filipino. Wow, <laughs> that's, he should be a basketball player. He was. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Mafe, how tall are you? You're like the tallest Filipino woman I've I'm ever met. Nine. Yeah. Five nine. Wow. Five nine. Oh my gosh. I can only dream. <laughs> five six. I'm barely five two. <laughs> Me too. I can, I'm the tallest among my sisters, and I'm like five two. So. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> my mom. It's okay. Yeah. You've been so. Yeah. That's something that uh, we are inspired by. Okay, so um, for the winner, we will choose. And uh, right now, North America, if you're you're still tuned in, you have a chance to grab a copy or to win a copy of In Her Purpose. So we just want to acknowledge um, everyone on Kumu and of course here on Facebook. Um, we do have a few visitors here tuned in. Um, Rihanna, of course, our, our beautiful yeah. team member of the purpose. She shares here that you can just tell how passionate Vina is by how she lights up and talks about what she does. Love that. Such a kind soul. Thanks, Rihanna. Amazing. Um, that's a beautiful message. So, hi, Marlano. Happy rotation. Well, I'm waiting for the winner and and. I know that Jen Rose will also double check on this. Uh, yes. Maybe we can give some shout outs to and friends, Vina. Yeah, I want to say hello to my family back in, well, they're all over LA area. Um, my niece is getting married in about a week. So oh, wow. I, see. <laughs> I gave her, I gifted her your book. Oh my gosh, she's so excited. Uh -huh. She's reading it. And um, she owns her own um, Filipino ice cream shop. Oh yeah, and it's vegan. It's vegan. It's all natural. She uses, you know, no like sugar. It's all natural. So, Is she out here? Yeah. Is she out here? She's yeah. in Pasadena. Ooh, I should go visit her. It's called. Uh, it's like Cherry. Cherry. Yeah. C h e e r i c h e e r i. Um, She's also working at Disney, so she has to juggle everything with that. Um, but I'll give you her contact information. Yes, please. I'd love to go visit. Really good. Have have ice cream. Yeah. No guilt. It's all vegan. Yeah. Wish we could that yeah. Nice. And, and everyone else, you know, in Ohio and in Ventura County, all my friends, Tracy and um, Alicia. I'm not sure if they're still up though, because it's getting kind of late. <laughs> <laughs> the older we get. Huh? You wanna say hi to anybody in the Philippines? The Philippines, they're all my relatives from like, oh, there's Atis Felicia and um, Jing Jing, and there's so many of them. <laughs> Where are they from? Quezon City. Okay. In the province. Yeah. So I think, Jen, are you from, aren't you in the same area? I thought one of you was in the same area, like in Quezon City or somewhere. No, our family is actually from Cavite. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And how about you, Rose and Mafe? Where are you? Where's your family from? My parent, my mom is from Cavite, and then my dad's oh. from Moro, Bataan. Mm. Okay. And yeah. Mafe, so my, my parents, uh, my dad's from Tarlac, he's from Pangan, and then my mom is from Ilocos Norte, so north. North. Okay. Because I'm yeah. Avocado, like Romeo. 
Probably. My mom's tuned in actually all the way in Sydney. She's currently oh. there. She's oh, saying wow. hello from Sydney in her favorite show. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, my husband's my husband is from Tarlock too. Hmm. Yeah. Does he speak? No, or? no, but his mom does. <laughs> They're loud, right? <laughs> loud and always. Yes, he is very loud. They sound bad, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, and then the the dialect is so different. It's like it just sounds different to me. Huh. <laughs> I'm like, I just told you. <laughs> is that north? Is that like by? Yes, so, um, it's two hours away from Manila, or oh, so. Okay. It depends how fast you drive. <laughs> Yes, but the traffic now is actually okay considering everybody is following oh, the home. rules and staying home. Oh, right. We're, we're oh, still on strict uh, lockdown out here. What is what is the what is it like with the cases in in Philippines? Is it um, getting lower or is I it worse? Um, unfortunately not um you know we we are praying that everybody stays safe and still follow the rules um there's still a lot of cases each day and um i think everybody's uh starting to have more courage to you know go out and uh, um enjoy the new earth or the new norm um i was speaking to someone the other day about how you know, it, it's nice to title it as the new earth because this is something that we have to adapt yeah, to instead of saying to a negative. Um, you know, it just makes everybody more aware to uh -huh. be diligent with their health with, you know, mm -hmm. washing their hands. And uh, here in the Philippines, we, we have like a lot of people and uh, before in the malls or even on public transport, you know, you're just like, you know, keeping the social distance and more kinder. Uh -huh. um, and I do thank everyone who is uh, abiding the rules because there's the rules changes every day. Oh, and really? uh, it goes with also with the businesses. So we are praying that uh, the economy can still um, be okay because uh, this, we need to survive out here also. And I know it's it's uh, been a challenging time for a, for a lot of uh, people in the Philippines. I like so your. It's I like the new earth. It shows like this. Yes. <laughs> shows like shows like this that keep people, you know, inspired. And Dina, thank you again for sharing your story and and your light uh, mm -hmm. this evening and this afternoon here in the Philippines because I know. A lot of people need this. And and again, guys, if you have any questions, please reach out to either Jenna Rose. Uh, they have so many um, amazing workshops and upcoming events. Uh, yes. And you can avail um, In Her Purpose uh, ebook uh, here in the Philippines. I did see that on Amazon. So, you know, um, there's no excuses. Right, girls? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, please. Yeah, please get the book. It it will inspire you. That's a hope, at least. Amazing story. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I know uh, it's Christmas season, and you might be already thinking on what is uh, you know a gift that you can give your loved ones. And I do believe that this is a beautiful gift to give them because not only does it share inspiring stories of other women, it will change people's lives. So mm -hmm. again. Right? <laughs> because, you know, books are always great gifts, regardless. You know, kids love to shake it, and, and when they open it, oh, it's a book. <laughs> Guys, you understand that people um, do work hard to put beautiful words in a book. And so In Her Purpose is one of those. And if you do want to share um, the inspiration that the these women have put together for you, and it is years of experience that they have shared. Uh, mm. Like Vino was saying, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes patience, but they are far, fast tracking it for you with their story. I love that. And I think, and that that's really the you know it gives me chills. See, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I appreciate you both. And 
um, now, even with Dina and your your amazing story. Mm -hmm. um, I guess before we wrap up, ladies, do you have anything else to to uh, share? Maybe Vina. Yeah, I, I just want to reiterate just the book, um, especially now that we're you know pretty much staying in and hopefully not so tied to the computer and really doing things like reading. <laughs> um, and especially for younger ladies who are looking to figure out, you know, how, what they can do, how they can navigate all of this. Because I think everyone has a gift, like whoever you are, everyone has a gift and it's something that's driven to community and it's your role to really find that purpose so you can serve the community. And this book, I think will really help inspire you to, to find it. Yes. Again, thank you, Nina. Um, we'll talk to you more later uh, offline. But uh, guys, guys, again, please follow, follow Vina. Check her website out, uh, reach out to her. And I, I'm sure that she is more than happy to share more of her goodness and her blessings. Um, yes. See you later, Vina. Thank you so much. Thank you, Vina. Thank you. Another great episode, ladies. Um, thank you for introducing Vina to me. She is amazing. Um, maybe again, uh, let's let's go back to Kumu. Hey, Kumu, guys, if you're still awake, oh. but we will make sure to put this on the caption, the question and the first one to um, answer and follow all the Kumu handles um, will be the winner. So, um, ladies, you have anything else to share before we say see you later? No, everybody stay healthy and you know take that vitamin c <laughs> wear your mask outside and wash your hands <laughs> let's, exactly let's get exactly that earth a better place right and uh new earth the new earth the new earth, yes. the new earth. just help each other lift each other up support each other one another and um do what you can make do it do what makes you happy yes Amen to that. And again, guys, we'll tune in next Friday night in California and 1 p.m. in the Philippines. We'll see you again next time. Have a good weekend.